I still remember it as clearly today as when it happened in 1989. I'd just finished speaking to Bishop Derek Eaton on the phone and he had invited me to a series of interviews for ordination. And my mother-in-law, Margaret Sheaf, um, without a word, made two simple gestures to me. A gesture of a clerical collar and um, a thumbs up. Some of you who knew Maggie knew she used to do that. Thumbs up. Um, as far as she was concerned, I should accept that God was calling me to ordination. Uh, all I can remember is was a deep sense of foreboding and apprehension. Today's Old Testament reading is the famous story of the calling of the boy Samuel to serve God as a prophet. And it's paired with the calling of Philip and Nathaniel in John chapter 1. So clearly, today, within a couple of weeks of the beginning of a new year, we are being invited to reflect on our own calling before God. But let's begin with Samuel. Many will be familiar with this favourite Sunday school story. Uh, Samuel had become a kind of adopted son of Eli, the high priest of Shiloh, where the ark of God was kept. This was in the early days of Israel, well before the monarchy and before uh, the building of Solomon's temple. Now, Samuel had grown up in the sanctuary of the Lord. And as he grew up, he helped Eli in the administration and services of worship. And no doubt, Eli had taught him to read and write and about the history of Israel. And so he received an education in the style of the day. Uh, so this was a kind of live-in, on-the-job training situation for Samuel, who may have been about 10 years of age. Don't know exactly, but that's what people say was probable. Now, at night, young Samuel would sleep in front of the Ark of God, with Eli sleeping in an adjoining room. And on one particular night, Samuel was woken by the voice of the Lord saying, Samuel, Samuel. So far today, by the way, with the readers um, have said that in different ways. Was it a strong wake up, or was it a gentle Samuel? Difficult to know exactly. I'd like to think it's sort of somewhere between the two. Samuel, Samuel, insistent, uh, firm, but loving and kind as well. And thinking that it was Eli who was calling, he went to Eli and said, here I am. Eli replied, I did not call. Lie down. Lie down again. And as we know, this happened three times until Eli worked out that the one calling Samuel must have been none other than the Lord, the God of Israel. And so on the fourth time, under instructions from Eli, Samuel replied to God's call by saying the famous words, Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. And so God spoke to Samuel about a message that he was to deliver to Eli the very next morning about the conduct and subsequent judgment over the behavior of Eli's sons. But that's actually another story that we're not going to ta tackle this morning. So focus, focus on Samuel. So what can we learn about our own call from this account? Are you starting to get into the rhythm about your call? Good. Well, the first thing that I notice is that the call of God was individual and personal. God 
called a particular boy whose name was Israel. Now, we know that the whole nation of Israel was called by God uh, and had a special vocation. We know that. We get that. Uh, and even other nations today talk about this thing called manifest destiny. You must have heard that phrase. That means that some um, nations, I won't name them, have felt a particular calling or destiny before God to be some sort of leader in, in the world, manifest destiny. So God, yes, God calls nations, but here we find God calling a particular person. And I think actually that's the main focus of God's call among people, is persons. The other thing to say is that God's call comes to young and old, doesn't it? Um, rich and poor, wise and simple, accomplished and novice. God's call came to Samuel, after all, who was neither wise nor experienced nor powerful. He was a boy. Throughout scripture, God seems to delight in calling the underqualified, the young, and the insignificant. Now, I know that many individuals in our church family have felt God's call to serve in a particular field of endeavor. That might be you this morning, right now. You feel a strong call by God to do what you're doing with your life right now. And it's wonderful also, that both Don McKenzie uh, of our 930 congregation and Jan Murphy were honoured in the New Year's list as people who have felt called to serve the community in particular ways. And that's great. But you know, others find it quite difficult to discern God's call. I also acknowledge that this morning. And it's partly because the call of God is so contested in today's world. Um, there's a chorus of voices calling on us all the time, is there not? Are there not? Um, there's the call to own the next shiny or labour-saving gadget, you know? Um, there's the call to li live the good life as society defines it. There's the call of family ties, which can be very strong. Uh, there's the call of our work to progress and get promotion, etc., etc. And although these alternative calls may be legitimate, they can have the effect of smothering God's call on your life. For example, how often do we say, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening, and then really listening? So God's call is individual and personal. Think now about the relational nature of God's call. This is really important. God's call is not just about God wanting us to do some stuff for him. He doesn't tap us on, on our shoulder and say, look, um, I want to call you to do this, this or that or the other. That does happen, but the order is vitally important. It's not just about accomplishing things. There's a definite relational side to God's call in our lives. Here's what I mean. It says in verse 7, Samuel did not yet know the Lord, and the word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. You got that? Samuel did not yet know the Lord. And the word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. Now this is very interesting because there's no doubt that Samuel, as Eli's apprentice, working and ministering and learning day by day, week by week, month by month, knew an awful lot about God. He knew about God's dealings with Israel in the past. He knew how to pray. He knew about the rituals. But there was one important thing that the boy Samuel did not yet know. He did not 
yet know God. In other words, he was not yet in relationship with God. So here, in the heart of the Old Testament, the truth is affirmed that it's possible to know about God without knowing God personally. And we must never get confused between those two things. So Samuel's call was not in the first instance a call to do something for God, although that would come very, very soon after. It was not about accomplishing anything. It was not even about speaking as a prophet of God. No, the call was first and foremost about listening to God's word and coming to know God personally and relationally. And we see this in the gospel reading um, as well. Jesus' encounter with Philip and Nathaniel in Cana, uh, happened in Cana probably because that was where Nathaniel was from. And in the very next chapter, John chapter 2, uh, Jesus and his disciples were in Cana. And there's an interesting exchange between Nathaniel and Jesus during which Nathaniel exclaims, where did you get to know me? One of the notable things about Jesus and his 12 disciples is that they were a community, a very rich relational community, whereby they knew each other. Before they really did anything for Jesus, um, those who followed him were in relationship with him. So God's call comes to us as well. Uh, it's an individual and personal call, and it's a call, first of all, to be in spiritual relationship with God through Jesus Christ uh, and it's because God loves you unconditionally God loves you even before you do anything for him at all it's not about what you can do for him um, it's primarily about being in relationship with God now I know it's easy for me to say all that because people wonder, how do we actually relate to an invisible spiritual being, let alone the supreme creator of all things? How does that actually happen? Well, I've struggled with this myself. This is a moment of transparency on my behalf. Um, I have sometimes felt that God was silent, uh, that I had not felt his presence or heard his word. I've sometimes said, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening, and then, well, heard nothing much back. But these days, I'm much more comfortable accepting that being in relationship with God is not necessarily about feeling close to God. That will happen. It's happened to me. I have felt tremendously close with God. God has engaged my affections, my emotions, all of that. But not all the time, and perhaps not even frequently. Sometimes we think that our relationship with God and sometimes our songs and other Christian expressions give us the idea that it should be like that, that somehow God should be my buddy, my friend, that I should relate to God like I relate to my other friends. I don't think we should have that expectation. Our relationship is with the supreme creator of all things. It's on a different footing. I accept nowadays that my relationship with God is different. But it's based on trust that our loving and faithful God is with me and that through him everything is going to be okay. So when I pray, speak Lord for your servant is listening, 
I accept that God could speak to me in a variety of ways and circumstances. But God is primarily calling me to be in relationship with him. I mentioned earlier about my own calling and my mother-in-law. And it was a calling that I ultimately embraced. And like Samuel, my calling was both personal and relational. But I have had my struggles. Again, a moment of transparency here. There have been times when I felt that the call was too hard for me. And that I simply wasn't up to the challenge. Who can do this? Too tough. I've felt an imposter at times. Have you ever felt that? I think they call it the imposter syndrome. That somehow someone's going to find out something about you and realise, oh, you're not actually qualified to do what you're doing. Who do you think you are? You're an imposter. But all those thoughts go around my mind sometimes. That God should have called someone else smarter or wiser or more experienced than I am. Can you relate to any of this in your calling? That God has called you to do something and you felt that it was too complex or too challenging or you just couldn't cope. Some of you may have heard the poem by George Herbert written in the 17th century. 1633, actually. And it's called The Collar. Do you know what it's a reference to? Yeah, I think we know. The Dog Collar. He was an ordained clergyman. And he railed against God and against his calling. And I can really relate to it because he expresses the real struggle that he had against his own ordination. This is real, people. This is important. Here's a few lines. Um, the word bored, by the way, just to give you a slight translation here, is probably the communion table, the board. When I come to the board, you'll know what that means. I struck the board and cried, no more, I will abroad. What, shall I ever sigh and pine? My lines and life are free, free as the road, loose as the wind, as large as store. Shall I still be in suit? Have I no harvest but a thorn to let my blood and not restore what I have lost with cordial fruit? So there's an image here of a person wanting to turn their back on their calling because the only things to show for it are thorns and loss. There does not seem to be a harvest. So Herbert wants to be free. As free as the road and loose as the wind. Aren't they lovely phrases? I wonder if you feel that you're a prisoner of your calling this morning at times. The poem finishes in a surprising way. Uh, he kind of circles all the way around back to 1 Samuel chapter 3. Here are the last few lines. But as I raved and grew more fierce and wild at every word, methought I heard one calling, Child. And I replied, My Lord. So after all the anger and railing against God and pushing away from his calling, Herbert heard again God's call to him, child. It could just as well have been Samuel or Mark or your name. God's call is personal and individual. God's call is relational. He calls each one of us by name. And as God calls us by name, 
Our calling is to know, love, and serve God. And that calling is renewed as we say, and I replied, in Herbert's words, and I replied, my Lord. God calls every one of us to himself. God is calling you right now. I can be certain of that. God is calling each one of you right now. You may hear his voice for the very first time this morning. Or you may hear God calling you again after an absence. Either way, respond with the words, Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. Don, could you please come and lead us in prayer?